All right, my friends. So today is uh, Saturday, the um, right before the twentieth week of ordinary time. Uh, so um, we're going to do the readings for Ezekiel, and then there's going to be Psalm fifty-one, and then a reading from Matthew. So um, let's begin with uh, an act of contrition. Uh, Penitent act in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, ever Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to please pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us and forgive us our sins and save us um, and save us and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Now we'll go into the Kiri, which is the Lord have mercy. We'll start off with the Greek and we'll go into the English. All right. Three Kiris, three Christies, Eliasson, and three Kiris again. All right. Kiri Elysion. Kiri Elysion. Kyrie Elysion, Christe Elysion, Christe Elysion, Christe Elysion, Kyrie Elysion, Kyrie Elysion, Kyrie Elysion. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Now we go into the Gloria. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world. Receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Have mercy on us. You alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Amen. Okay, so we're going to do the readings and then we're going to reflect on the readings. We're going to consider what God is saying to us. And then, you know, we'll, we'll pretty much combine it because he's speaking to us. He's he, the Holy Spirit is always communicating to us through the liturgy of the church. Christ is the one who established the church. Regardless of the sinful, weak men that we have in the church, they're always going to be there. As Christ said, the we, uh, the, the tares, the weeds, are always going to be growing alongside with the wheat, with the grain, with the fruit of the harvest. They're always going to be there. Christ will separate them at the end of time. But the liturgy 
the liturgy, the church, is, is really controlled by Christ. He communicates to us, even an enormous ordo, just as much as he communicates to us through the, through the liturgy of the Latin Mass. And he communicates to us just like through the Orthodox liturgy. He's, oh, the Holy Spirit is always talking to us, is always communicating the voice of the Father and the Son. So don't worry about all the other ridiculous stuff. Don't worry about the, 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 the sheep, the wolves and sheep's clothing. Don't worry about that. Christ knows they're there. Christ knows they're a problem. But focus on him. Focus on him. Don't focus on them. Okay, let's begin. A reading from the book of the prophet Ezekiel. Chapter 18, verse 1 to 10, 13, and verse 30 to 32. I will judge you according to your ways. A reading from the book of the prophet Ezekiel. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man. What is the meaning of this proverb? that you recite in the land of Israel. Fathers have eaten green grapes, thus their children's teeth are on edge. As I live, says the Lord God, I swear that there shall no longer be anyone among you who will repeat this proverb in Israel. For all lives are mine. The life of the father is like the life of the son. Both are mine. Only the one who sins shall die. If a man is virtuous, if he does what is right and just, if he does not eat on the mountains, nor raise his eyes to the idols of the house of Israel, if he does not defile his neighbor's wife, nor have relations, with a woman in her menstrual period, if he oppresses no one, gives back the pledge received from a debt, commits no robbery, if he gives food to the hungry and clothes the naked, if he does not lend at interest no exact usury, if he holds off from evil doing, judges fairly between a man and his opponent, if he lives by my statutes and is careful to observe my ordinances. That man is virtuous. He shall surely live, says the Lord God. But if he begets a son who is a thief, a murderer, or lends at interest and exacts usury, this son certainly shall not live. Because he practiced all these abominations, he shall surely die. His death shall be his own fault. Therefore, I will judge you, judge you, house of Israel, each one according to his ways, says the Lord God. Turn and be converted from all your crimes, that they may be no cause of guilt for you. Cast away from you all the crimes you have committed, and make for yourselves a new heart, a new spirit. Why should you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of anyone who dies, says the Lord God. Return and live. 
The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, Psalm 51. Create a clean heart in me, O God. Create a clean heart in me, O God. Create a clean heart in me, O God. A clean heart create for me, O God. And a steadfast spirit renew within me. Uh, cast me not out from your presence. And your Holy Spirit take not from me. Create a clean heart in me, O God. 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 Give me back the joy of your salvation and a willing spirit sustain in me. I will, I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall return to you. Create a clean heart in me, O God. Create a clean heart in me, O God. Create a clean heart in me, O God. You are not pleased with sacrifices. Should I offer a burnt offering, you would not ex uh, accept it. My sacrifice, O God, is a contrite spirit, a heart contrite and humbled, O God, you will not spurn. Create a clean heart in me, O God. 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 A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew chapter 19, verse 15. The Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Blessed are you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. You have revealed to little ones the mysteries of the kingdom. Alleluia, Alleluia. Matthew 19, verse 13. Uh, 19 verse 13 to 15 let the children come to me and do not prevent them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these children were brought to jesus that he might lay his hands on them and pray the disciples rebuked them but jesus said let the children come to me and do not prevent them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. After he, he placed his hands on them, he went away. One more time. Children were brought to Jesus that he might lay his hands on them and pray. The disciples rebuked them, but Jesus said, let the children come to me and do not prevent them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these after he placed his hands on them he went away children were brought to jesus that he might lay his hands on them and pray the disciples rebuked them but jesus said let the children come to me and do not prevent them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. After he placed his hands on them, he went away. The gospel of the Lord praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, this reading, uh, the readings that we're given here, is very interesting. The first part is the apocalyptic visions of Ezekiel. And 
the gospel reading is, again, about Jesus blessing children. And here we have the apostles rebuking them. Of course, and then uh, we got Psalm 51, which is a, a penitent psalm from King David. So uh, we have to figure out, um, really try to understand what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. Even though we know that the church is liturgy, uh, you could say it's in somewhat ways, yeah, that the uh, was designed... Uh, put together by human beings, but in many ways we got to remember that Scripture, Scripture is all the Holy Spirit, all the Holy Spirit, regardless uh, of the failures of these uh, of the men in the church. The Holy, the, the Scripture is always from the Holy Spirit, inspired by the Holy Spirit, and the readings themselves. The Holy Spirit is communicating to us. God is talking to us. Um, we have to remember this. As much as we have sinful um, uh, very evil, wicked men, but just as in Jesus' day, the um, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the the priesthood were they were sinful, evil men. It didn't mean it, the Jewish people never dared to leave the temple because it's God. And just as the Holy Spirit communicated in their day, and uh, the the scripture passages all come from the Holy Spirit and communicate. Communicates to the lives of the people, to the people. So, in this passage, we have an apocalyptic event taking place in Ezekiel, and this is very important for us. We have to listen. We have to pay attention. Um, the first, the beginning, talks about uh, God is asking Ezekiel about a particular proverb. That is said among the people. The fathers have eaten green grapes, and thus their children's teeth are on edge. And God is asking, why do people say this proverb? And um, as I live, says the Lord, I swear that there shall no longer be anyone among you who will repeat this proverb in Israel. For all lives are mine. The life of the Father is like the life of the Son. Both are mine. Only the one who sins shall die. If a man is virtuous, if he does, does what is right and just, if he does not eat on the mountains, nor raise his eyes to idols. So this is, I'm sorry, this is the key right there. Right there we have it right from the beginning. They're, they're unfaithful. The children's teeth are an edge. And the fathers have eaten green grapes. One could almost say uh, maybe they're eating 
sour grapes. Because if we list, if we go down the text, I think we we get that hint. Um, the I the the they shall no longer raise their eyes to the idols of the house of Israel. If he does not defile his neighbor's wife, meaning that the people themselves, because they're practicing idol worship, that therefore there is great immorality and great social unrest among the people. And also, when they practiced these idol worships, they also practiced, like yet, the sexual defilement, but also child sacrifice. Child sacrifice was also the thing. They were, they were destroying, they were sacrificing their future for, um, for material comfort, for sinful, uh, for, for sinful pleasures. They were sacrificing their future and their moral, and, and for, for themselves. And therefore they were sacrificing sanity for immorality. They were sacrificing their dignity for immorality. They were sacrificing the blessings of God, right? Cursing the blessings that God has given them for their sinful pleasures. And look what we have here today. Look what's happening among us. And then suddenly, like, you see, like the apostles rebuked the children, right? They thought because being Jesus's, his disciples, being Jesus's, uh, you know, men, that they felt important, that they did not need to think about uh, little kids. They they rebuked the kid. They rebuked the responsibility of children. You have a child. It's your responsibility to teach the child morality. To teach your child to know what is good and why good is good. Why, why one needs to be moral and a good citizen. That is your responsibility. That is the reason why you have a child. Because you are the channel that communicates God's word to your children. But what is happening today? Look what's happening today. Everybody now is so 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 filled with sin and lust and evil. Right? They're so desperate for 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 um, sinful you know they're so hungry for their sinful desires, for pleasures. And, and they're grooming their kids. They don't like the word grooming, but they're grooming their children. They're grooming the kids to, to perform for their sexual desires. There's this actor, Ezra Miller. He was in the Warner Brothers DC uh, Comics universe. He played The Flash. This, this individual is so... My, I, I mean, it, it might be he might be possessed. He's guilty because he was grooming a, a young woman, 
of Native American background for some reason. And then he answers for her and says she's bi. She's now bi. She's no longer straight. He even I heard he's into he he's running a cult. He's a, a leader of a cult. The person sounds like this man sounds like he's possessed. And he walks around coming out of uh, these uh, Scandinavian Norwegian clubs. And he he um, I know people love love uh, provoking him that he attacks them, chokes them. I mean, he choked, uh, grabbed and choked a pregnant woman, knocked her to the ground. And actually the woman looks like she, you know, she wanted him to do it because they think it's a joke, these people. The, you know, they live these nightclub lifestyles and, and um, they think everything is a joke. People are running away from reality they lose their minds and everything is a joke. Everything is for pleasure. Everything is for laughs. There is no morality. Just look at a lot of these young people now. They they got tattoos all over themselves. They put rings through their noses. They uh, wear weird colored lipstick. They uh, The men dressed in effeminate androgynous clothing um, they've been exposed to pornography it has polluted their minds the human brain the human um, psyche is easily provoked easily provoked and easily corrupted you know when you know I mean seriously you've seen there are people I have known who are so into pornography that nothing, it, it takes a long time or to, maybe this, they're not able to understand what is, what is clean, beautiful, and good. Pornography is, is an addiction. It really is. It's an addiction. It doesn't seem to have um, any borders. It, you know, it, it keeps making the individual um, starving for more perversion, more uh, pushing you to cross the line even more, almost like, you know, it's just like a drug. It's a drug. It's a drug. And I think in many ways, it's an idol. You know, when you guy buying magazine, watching um, pornographic material, it's like worshiping at a, at a pagan altar. You just don't know when to stop. You just don't know how to stop, it seems, for some people. I mean, that's the way doctors talk about it. That's the way the people talk about it. It's almost like a demonic possession. It really is a demonic possession. And I think with all this transgenderism and everything, it's it's a demonic possession. You just don't know. You don't you don't, you don't realize it and you don't know how to stop. So yeah, I think that's what we're seeing with Ezekiel. And then the gospel uh well before this actually Psalm 51 
is asking God for help. Remember what happened to David. When David fell into just uh, into lust with Bathsheba, right? In many ways, uh, Bathsheba knew what she was doing. She knew by by attracting him, by sta- uh, bathing on the rooftop in his view, was going to get his attention. She was calling for his attention because when he called her, he sent for her. The text doesn't show us her resisting. She went to him and she and she wanted him. And they both, they both got into a adulterous relationship. Afterward, she's pregnant, and he has to figure out how to cover up his sin. Calls her husband. Tells her husband to spend the time with her, with his wife, which who happens to be Bathsheba. But her husband, a Hittite, a convert, and so I think Bathsheba was a Hittite and a convert. Suddenly, he doesn't feel right while his fellow soldiers are out on the battlefield dying, and David has to figure out a way to cover this sin. So he decides, I'm going to have to get rid of the husband. Because his loyalty is going to expose me. You see what I'm saying? I'm giving you basically the short version of the whole thing. This why this Psalm 51 was written. So David writes a, a note, puts it in the hand of, of uh, Uriah, Bathsheba's husband, sends him to his station. He gives the written note to his commanding leaders. And what do we have here? Well, we have uh, an order to put Uriah in the front lines of battle, where the where the 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 uh, the fighting is the most extreme, and then pull back your soldiers so that Uriah would die. And the order was given, and David abused his power. Sin begets more sin. It's an addiction. It's a drug. It's a demon. It doesn't know when to. St- it does. It, you, you don't know when to stop. It consumes you. Consumes your reason, your thinking. Sin, especially when it deals with the flesh, when it deals with sexual sins, like pr- pornography itself. You don't know when to stop. Because it wants to consume you. It's like a cancer. You're you're just you're self-consuming yourself, and suddenly it leads to people getting hurt. Wife, children, friends, yourself, your career, everything. It destroys you. And it leaves you. It leaves you in a, a, a like a a destroyed life, like a city destroyed by an earthquake or a war, like a nuclear war just went through your your whole life and you're standing there and there's nothing but rubble, ruins, 
or what was once a beautiful life, a mansion given to you by God, and as you destroyed it because of your of, of your sinful lusts. Once you had a life that was beautiful and given to you by God, and then suddenly you're walking through a rubble, all because you you played with a little drug called sin. Basically, all that's left now is the prayers of Psalm 51. A clean heart create for me, O God, and a steadfast spirit renew within me. Cast me not out from your presence, and your Holy Spirit take not from me. Give me back the joy of your salvation, and a willing spirit sustain in me. Your willing spirit... Your willing spirit sustain in me will teach the transgressors your ways and sinners shall return to you. For you are not pleased with sacrifice. Should I offer a burnt offering, you would not accept it. My sacrifice, O God, is a contrite spirit, a heart contrite and humbled, O God, you will not spurn. You have to admit like David had to admit, he messed up. Hubris, arrogance, thinking, you know, suddenly confusing God's favor and basically calling sinful desires good. Like it says, calling good evil and evil good. You you suddenly your your reasoning is gone. So when the apostles bring these children, children which are a blessing from God, right? A blessing from God, suddenly we're looking at them as an inconvenience, as an inconvenience. Because people begin to look at the res because with the result of sex is family, is children, is the next generation. And we we get pretty angry because that means responsibility. That means you gotta raise another human being. You got means you gotta sacrifice for another human being. When it should be joy to sacrifice for this other human being. And suddenly you are thinking, I just want to have more lust. Why can why does this always have to happen after sexual intercourse? That's because it needs to be controlled. It's look, it's just like I have to admit, my eating habits cost me. I get I gain weight. I gotta get it under control. I gotta know when not to eat. And that's the hardest part because we live in a society where we want more pleasures, more joys, more, more of this, more, more, more. But then God says, you got to slow it down. You got to slow it down. You got to slow it down and you got to know when and when not to stop. You know, Fulton Sheen said when we 
But when the church dropped incense, like all the stuff for rituals, the world, the world, the secular world, the pagans picked it up. Incense suddenly became something for meditation. And, and then be, rosaries, right? A lot of people tried to get rid of the rosary. And the world picked up meditation beads for Buddhism and Hinduism. And then suddenly when we dropped fasting, the world picked it up and became diet and exercise. Where the church used to teach all these self-controls, now, the now the pagan world teaches it for obsession for health. Everything that the church used to used to adopt and taught their children, right? Suddenly, the, like like we've seen, the devil to learn, took it and twisted it around. So people now leave the church, and be and and because the bishops and priests, they uh, and and our teachers and theologians. The devil has convinced them to hate the church. To hate the churches or to hate Christ. And then all of a sudden come up with new ways to make it look like as though. Um, to make to try to make the church look more like the world. See? And to try to make it look more welcoming. When it's not. It's the, the church is supposed to be separate and escape from the world. That's why originally our churches in the past, they were built to look so beautiful and glorious because it was made to make you look up, to make you look high, to leave this world. That's, that's not like that anymore. Now you walk to some of these modern churches, they look like... Um, Therapy centers, glass doors in the front, nothing unique about it, hardly any real sacred art, right? Bricks, not like some sacred sacred fortress like the Notre Dame, where you where you feel like you're entering holy ground, you you feel like you're you're leaving this this world and going to the next. It, it inspires you to want to be holy. You know, when you walk in, it looks dark, but suddenly you're you're entering into another dimension, and that's exactly what the church is supposed to be like. Yeah, not look like it's a uh, a health uh, therapy center, you know, a rehab center. No, no one wants that. You want you want something other earthly. That's what holy temples are supposed to be. Even the pagan temples have more reverence than this. We have to, you know, we got a lot of challenges in our hands as, as Catholics. We're going to have to, I think, discover Catholicism without our church leaders. And it may come a time that, sadly, you know, the way the direction some of our church leaders go we may be without the sacrament anymore and for a while because the directions that they're heading seems like it but we have to be prepared and we have we couldn't we, we cannot jump the gun we have to wait and see and we have to listen to the voice of the lord talking to us 
All right, let's uh, move on from here. All right, since this is a Saturday, um, and um, I've been practicing some, uh, uh, what you call uh, scriptural meditations and prayers from a book called The Better Part. And um, I really want to share the benefits of it. So I'm going to start first with... um, Kind of, you can say a spontaneous prayer. Sorry about the noise outside since it's cool. I got the window open so you could hear people uh, getting up in the morning. But uh, let's begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, um, through your Son Jesus and through the power of your Holy Spirit and through the uh, intercession prayers of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Saint Joseph and uh, Saint Peter Paul and Saint Mary Magdalene, all the saints, please hear their prayers and intercessions on my behalf and hear my prayer. Lord, please grant um, grant us your Holy Spirit and help us to live a holy life. Help us to see things and understand things better. Help us, help us, please, to hear you, your voice speaking to us through the scriptures and through the teachings of your church that your son Jesus established on the apostles. Help us to see clearly that you made us in your image and your likeness. You made us in the image and likeness of God. And you, you want us to live with dignity, to live with dignity and with, to realize our our value, not to listen to the voice of the the spirit of the world that wants wants us to, to be intoxicated by sin and by the, by the evilness, this new cult, this, religion of the Antichrist that wants to consume us, destroy us, and also destroy our family members and destroy all the children. Please give us a clear mind, a clear mind to see the, to see you, to hear you, and to see Jesus, our true shepherd. Lord Jesus, help us. You are the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come unto the Father but by you. You are one with the Father. You are the great I am. What the Father is, you are. Help us, Lord, please, to be holy. Guide us. Show us how to to walk through the valley of the shadow of death and Help us to communicate to others. Help us to help others find the way. Give us humility. Give us contrition of sin. Help us not to be puffed up, to walk around with pride, self-conceitedness, not to be vain. And give us good shepherds, Lord Jesus. Give us good shepherds. And give us a chaste heart 
give us a great love in our hearts for you. Give us chastity. Give us morality. Give us self-control. Give us the gift of faith, hope, and love. The first uh, prayer I'm going to recite here is the act of faith. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Jesus, eternal truth. I believe that you are really present in the Holy Host. You are here with your body, blood, soul, and divinity. I hear your invitations. I am the living bread descended from heaven. And I take and eat. This is my body. I believe, O oh Lord, and Master, but increase my weak faith. Act of hope, Jesus, sole way of salvation. You invite me, learn from me, but I, res but I resemble you so little. Here, here you make a brief, um, you make a brief examination of conscience to renew your particular resolution and to forever um, to foresee the needs of the day. Please, Lord Jesus, please. I ask, I pray for everybody that's struggling with sin and struggling with um, with addictions and uh, with a weak will to please help them, help them to grow, help them to grow in their faith, help them to be strong and uh, help them to give them the grace they need, please. Everyone who listens to this podcast, help them, please. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. Jesus, you please the Father. You are my model. Draw me to yourself. Give me the grace to imitate you, especially in the virtue I need most. Now here's an act of love. Oh, Jesus, Master, you assure me I am the life. Whoever eats my flesh will have eternal life. In baptism and in the sacraments of reconciliation, you have communicated to me this life of yours. Now you nourish it by making yourself my food. Take my heart, free it from any excessive focus on the goods and pleasures and joys of this world with all my heart. Above all else, I love you. Infinite good and eternal happiness. Amen. Okay, so here we'll make a, a resolution. Oh, Jesus, you are the way that I must follow, the perfect model that I must imitate. In presenting myself at the judgment, I want to be found similar to you. Oh, divine model of humility and obedience to the Father, make me similar to you. Oh, perfect example of self-denial and purity of heart, make me similar to you. Oh, Jesus, poor and patient, um, make me similar to you. Oh, exemplar of charity and ordinate zeal, make me similar to you. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. All right. This is um, this is one way. You know, you you take you can take a, a missile and um, basically, since a daily missile has everything pretty much laid out, you could use that as an example of of a meditation and practice. There really isn't, it isn't that complicated. It's just making the time and making it into a good habit. You can even do it if you get a copy of the, the Magnificat. Every month is always, it has out all the, the meditations, like the, the daily readings from Mass is already set, laid out for you. So it should be much easier in teaching you how to to do the readings. There's even a small meditation writing of a saint or quotes of a saint. So it can help you to focus, you know, help you to use that as a, as a way of, of understanding and meditating what the scriptures that were already laid out, which is already laid out through the year. And that's a good way of starting to help you how to meditate Meditation for a Christian is not the same thing as, let's say, for a Buddhist or a Hindu. For us, meditation is communicating with Christ, talking with God, because that's what meditation is. It's, um, it's basically in a relationship with Christ, with God, with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Don't worry about which ones of the Trinity you're talking to, because when you talk to one, you talk to all. Whether you're talking to the Father or to the Son or the Holy Spirit, it's one God in three persons. So don't worry about which one is which. We're not pagans. But the idea behind it is, one, you do the readings. And don't worry about this whole thing with reflection and if I'm doing it right or if I'm spending enough time in meditation or enough time to, in contemplation, I figured out that, I mean, meditation is, I will say this, I'll simplify it from my angle. It's reading and then talking to God, focusing on God. Contemplation is usually, um, the line between contemplation and meditation is kind of blurred a little bit, but don't worry. It's basically like you reflecting and enjoying the moment, like as though you're with the best friend or you're just sitting there watching that sunset by yourself or you're sharing that sunset moment with someone, but it doesn't matter. I'm, you know, I'm single, so I'm used to it. But the point is you're enjoying the moment you're enjoying the moment with God okay you and him are enjoying the moment and you're enjoying the sunset meaning you're enjoying the rewards of this relationship so don't worry about it don't worry about the difference between the two you know God didn't make it complicated it's usually human beings that tend to, tend to contemplate um, complicate these things a little bit 
All right, let's um, let's end it here. I'll be back again with Sunday's readings. God bless.